Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. For additional resources to inspire you in your journey with Christ, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Enjoy today's podcast. Please open your Bibles to Psalm 23 as we spend entire four weeks just on this wonderful, beautiful psalm that we know so well. It's been said that any major portion of Scripture is written in a time of suffering or by those about to go through suffering or come out of suffering. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Uh, But certainly we would, I think, all admit that, that one of the places we do run to in the pages of Scripture when we are hurting and suffering is Psalm 23, the shepherd's psalm. It is a beautiful psalm in which we find a lot of uh, repose, and it's certainly one of the most familiar and one of the most pleasant, one of the most peace-filled and real and valued passages of Scripture we have. Now, I'm going to quote it, but it's out of the old King James Version because that's how I learned it, and I've never unlearned it out of the King James. So you can use any version you want, but here's mine for tonight. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Oh God, there is none like you. And we come to you tonight, Father, as the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. We also come to you as our good shepherd. And I pray that this journey together these four weeks will will offer great satisfaction for the inner core of who we are so that we would be better followers of the only one qualified to lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, here's the truth. You, you You can live your life one of two ways only. That is, according to the good shepherd or by your good effort, one or the other. That's all. Those are the options in life. This psalm appears adjacent to two other psalms that many scholars put together, and they think David put together purposely because they tell about Christ. Psalm 22 is a picture of the Messiah on the cross. It begins, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We cast our lives upon him when we recognize how much we need a Savior. And so Psalm 22 tells us that we are delivered from the penalty of sin. Psalm 24 is a picture of the coming Christ when he would return full of glory. And on that day, we will be released from the presence of sin. Psalm 23 then is a picture of the living Christ who leads his people. And because he does, we are relieved from the power of sin in our lives today as he walks with us and indwells us. 
I fear that few, too few know him that way. Well, start with the sheep. Concerning just sheep themselves. Now, I don't know about much about sheep. I was, I was, uh, uh, I grew up in a small city. I lived in the suburbs as well. There, there wasn't sheep anywhere near me. But I had been to the sheep barn at the state fair. So I can identify a sheep. And I can, I, I know when I smell one. Um, I, I've only had a lamb chop once in my life. I didn't really care for it. Uh, but I don't feel guilty about it because McDonald's has never marketed McMutton, as I know of. Uh, I do have this wool sweater on tonight. And uh, I, I, if that means anything to you, um, wool is the most purchased and sold and exchanged commodities in the world. One of the most. So while sheep have not been a very important part of my life, sheep are one of the few livestock that are found virtually everywhere in the world. In fact, in Australia, there are 10 times more sheep than people on that, on that continent. Because the Bible setting is an architectural one, it has much to say about sheep. The first mention of sheep is found in Genesis chapter 4, Abel kept sheep. The last mention we have of that kind of thought is in 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, written in the early 60s AD, where Jesus is referred to as the chief shepherd. Here in Psalm 23, we have this picture of David, the king. Now, most scholars believe that David wrote this toward the end of his life, not while he's a shepherd boy on the fields. Now, my wife works with elementary kids. And sometimes a teacher will bring one to her because the kid is really stressed out to the max and uh, needs to be settled down. And so she'll say, well, think of your favorite place. Close your eyes and tell me about your favorite place. One kid said, that won't work for me. Don't try it. And she said, well, you have to work at it. Let's just try it. So this kid was stressed out and he closed his eyes and started telling her about one of his favorite places. And by the end, he said, you know, I think it's working. Now, I don't know on this particular day if King David was stressed out or anyone was giving him advice on what to do, but I can imagine him sitting on his throne. He's aged. And maybe his scepter resembles a shepherd's staff. And he's picturing the blue sky of the Mediterranean world and beautiful meadows of a former life long before he had the responsibility of kingship. He's picturing still waters and quietness and laying down. And then he picks up his harp nearby or asks for it and he begins plucking away and begins to sing, the Lord is my shepherd. And as he ruminates, it all comes back to him, that scene and the beautiful picture of, of who God is to him. This God of creation, the God, the, whole, the only God who is qualified to be our shepherd, our leader, is this one. David knows the shepherd. David is saying, I am his sheep. In fact, we really can't grasp Psalm 23 unless we read from the perspective of the sheep. This great king of Israel at this point is indeed... Uh, the image he chooses. Now, this is king of Israel. He could have chosen another image, but that's not the image he chose. He chose this one. Did you ever ask uh, your kids or grandkids, if you, were a, if you were an animal, what would you pick? Invariably, they'll say things like, at least mine, a lion. 
you know, a bear, you know, or, or something, something very grand, maybe a giraffe, or sometimes maybe a monkey, and you can know what reason they'd pick a monkey. What kid ever says, sheep? No, no kid ever says, I wish I could be a sheep. No one ever wants to be. Our kids are much like even the nations of the world. For the United States, we have an eagle as the animal we pick or the bird of flight. Uh, Great Britain has the lion. Russia has the bear. North and South Korea have a tiger. No country has marched into battle under the banner of a sheep. Nor have athletic teams chosen this picture. We have the cubs. We have the bears. We have the, uh, the fierce tigers and the bingles, which aren't so fierce necessarily. We have the soaring eagles and we have the falcons. Has any team ever run in, into the field or the arena? We are the sheep. This just doesn't ring very well, does it? doesn't play out. Well, we never get too far in a relationship with God until we are willing to admit that we are sheep and that we need a shepherd. Sheep are dependent. They're needy. In fact, you can take a lot of domesticated animals and you can put them into the wild and they can learn to survive. That's not true of sheep. You take sheep, they're domesticated, you put them in the wild, they'll be torn up and eaten alive. They have no defense mechanisms. And so it doesn't matter how confident you may be. It doesn't matter how gifted you are or what award you've ever been given or what you've achieved. If you don't know the Lord as your, as your shepherd, you are in serious trouble. He's the only one qualified to lead our lives. Well, let's consider the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Remember, whenever the word Lord, look in your Bibles there, whenever you see Lord in all caps, it refers to the name that God gives himself when he speaks to Moses out of the burning bush. Moses says to God in the bush that is burning but not being consumed, who should I say to Pharaoh has sent me? And God says, the I am. That word is Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. The Hebrew alphabet has no consonants, has no vowels in it, only consonants. So we transliterate the name Yahweh. We say Yehovah, and we get Jehovah out of that. But the Jews weren't sure how to pronounce the name of God. And so they were so fearful that they might mispronounce it. They didn't pronounce it at all. They stayed away from it. I am is my shepherd. He's always present. He's always active. Um, it, there's one translation of the Bible that even puts it that way. The I am is my shepherd. The God who is always there, who is always present. The same God who is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob right today, right now in this hour is also our shepherd as well when we have been redeemed by the Son, Jesus. Now, while this psalm is written by the, from the sheep's perspective, is, is it about sheep, really? It's about the shepherd. And we, when we read it, we realize that there is, a, there is something most attractive about green pastures and about quiet waters. Even when we picture the scene, we, 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 we rest in that. 
You might see a piece of art that just soothes you when you see such scenes like that or a photograph. And, and we're immediately wake, awakened at times in our lives when we are shaken, when we are not doing so well, when we are nervous, when we're twitching, you know, whatever your body does when you're nervous. And you want to be taken away to a place. And that's, that's what the shepherd can do. She, sheep can't do that by themselves. They have, have to have the shepherd that leads them. If there's one word that needs most emphasis, however, as we talk about the shepherd in that first statement, it's the word my. Because there's a difference between saying a shepherd and the shepherd and your shepherd and our shepherd and saying my shepherd. 17 personal pronouns in these five verses. That's it. This is intended to be a most personal psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that tonight? He calls me to follow, you, follow him. He calls us so that we may, we may know him as our leader. Listen to him. When Jesus was in his public ministry centuries later, he knew his audience was very familiar with shepherd. It's all through the scriptures. And so he uses the same imagery saying, I am, I am the good shepherd. Here's some excerpts from John 10. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. He is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just to the, as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. You see, he is worthy. He alone is worthy to be our shepherd, our leader, for a number of reasons. First of all, he knows us. Now, if you have a pet, you know the connection we can have with animals, there is something, there is a bonding experience that happens. Those of you who don't have pets, you don't get the rest of us. But it's true. There is a bonding that happens. That was the relationship of the shepherd and the sheep. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. See, the good shepherd, the shepherd would call his sheep by name. And they knew his voice and they would respond to him. One farmer said in his family, they made it a practice never to name their animals because it was too difficult to eat them later. And so one year they made the mistake in his family when he was in high school of naming their turkeys, Icantina Turkey. And when Thanksgiving came around, they couldn't kill the turkey and eat it after they had fattened it. They were too bonded to it. The shepherd knows the names of his sheep. He knows your name if you belong to him. And you know if you don't belong to him, he knows, he knows you as well. He knows you to the bottom of who you are. 
And he's always calling people by name. I, I regret that my memory bank doesn't serve me well anymore. I used to be very good at names. I've met many of you for the first time about 20 times. I don't have the memory I once had. And my sincere apology for that. But Jesus the shepherd knows your name. He knows everything that name represents. And in spite of that, he says, I want you. He's worthy of being our shepherd leader also because he cares for us. Have you ever seen the billboard? Ever? I don't know where I saw it. I think I was in Chicago and I saw a billboard. Um, it was advertising a bank. It said something like, uh, to them, you are 471-928-3468. But to us, you're Harry." Pretty good marketing tool, I think, saying at our bank, we treat you as an individual. You're not just a number. Now, whether they really played that out or not, I know. I don't know, but it's a, it's a good gimmick. But for, for God, a shepherd, it's, it's truly, it is true. But he knows us intimately and deeply. He says here, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. He is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus was talking about the Jewish leaders who were supposed to be effective shepherds for the Jewish nation, but they were lousy. Instead, they burdened the people with all kinds of rules and regulations that were all fleshly and man-made. The world is filled with hired hands who do not have our interest in mind. And the evil one uses whatever he can to distract us. He'll use education. He'll use our jobs. He'll use even our families. He will use our interests. He'll use sports. He'll use politics. He will do news addiction. He will use, use uh, substance addiction. He'll use sex. He'll use anything he can that promises to deliver but can't. Those are all hired hands. And they care nothing for the person and the sheep. But God does. He's also a worthy leader because he seeks us. He's always seeking people. He's always seeking people to be sheep, sheep for him. And of course here, he, he mentions there are those that are not of his flock, not of his fold. He's talking about us, Gentiles. He came to the Jews and they didn't, they didn't accept him. And there are more they are going to be brought in. And that's you and me, the non-Jews that, God, that, that Jesus came for, to die for. So Paul, the apostle, when he writes, he talks about the mystery that's been revealed. And that's what the mystery is, that the gospel is for everybody. Not just for the Jews, for all of us, praise God. So when we get to heaven, you know, we're going to be surprised, I think, with the diversity of people there. You know, we say our country is, an, is a... A nation under God is a Christian nation. But I assure you, we are going to be in the gross minority around the throne of God. Around the throne are going to be people from every tribe, na nation, and language. Every people group around the throne of God. And we're going to look pretty minimal there. Next to all the redeeming that God has done through the ages. And he's worthy to be our leader because he saves us. He knows us. He cares for us. He seeks us. Most importantly, he's willing to die for us. Five times in John 10, it says the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This lamb of God that we've just sung about was led like a lamb to the shears is silent. And he did not open his mouth, Isaiah the prophet says. 
And that was fulfilled on the day Jesus was crucified. Nothing else can save you and me. No one else can step in our place. Only Jesus was qualified to do that so that we may be free from our sin, the penalty of sin and the power of sin. Now, so what? What's the so what? We've talked about the sheep. We've talked about the shepherd. Now let's bring it together concerning the sheep and the shepherd. Because Christ is alone is worthy to lead us, having laid down his life for us, how can we not follow him? How can we not follow him? This is what it means. First of all, obey him comprehensively. Obey him comprehensively. See, a sheep can't say to the shepherd, I'll go there, but I'm not going there. It doesn't work that way. Sheep want to follow their shepherd. They trust the shepherd, and they go. One woman confessed it to an affair she had. And whenever she brought her lover over to the house while her husband is at work, she made sure all his pictures were turned down because she didn't like the idea that her husband was watching her. Now, is there any area of your life, my life tonight, where we sort of turn, turn the picture down of Jesus? We just assume he's not in the room. We like to do that in our lives. I'm okay with you here. I don't want you being over here. You see, if we thought about him in other ways, rather than shepherd, like father or judge or friend or rock or warrior, perhaps perhaps we could think of giving him partial access, but not when he's shepherd, not when he's leading our lives. There's not one area of life where we are qualified to lead ourselves. Not one area. Ask yourself two questions. Am I willing to obey everything God wants me to obey in that area? Am I willing to thank him for everything he leads me to in that area? Am I willing to obey him in that area? And I'm willing to thank him in that area. Now, if you can't say yes, then you're denying his leadership as shepherd. That's what we have to learn. Now, by the way, as he leads us, you know, comprehensively, you know, we, th- we usually think of God leading us to make a right job choice or who we're going to marry or what college we're going to go to or what, what discipline we're going to study or, or what neighborhood we're going to move to. And I'm not saying God is not interested or involved in that. That's not what I'm saying. But this psalm, he leads us in paths of righteousness. What he most cares about is who we are, who we're developing into. That's what he wants. That's why he's such a good leader. Because no matter where we live or who we're married or what job we have, there's always this shaping into Christ that he wants to do. That's the path of righteousness he leads us into. Obey him also momentarily. Now usually when we use that word momentarily, we'll say, we'll think, well, I'll be there in a minute. Hold on. That's not what I mean by momentarily. I mean by that Moment by moment. Every moment we have an awareness of his presence. Sheep know intrinsically they're not smart enough. Hey, where's my supper? They, they, they have to be led. You know, when I first moved to Plainfield, this was in 1987. So the place looked different then. The population was about 10,000 at that time. I think there was a couple of gas stations and a Clancy's hamburger place, a Taco Bell, and that's about it. Maybe Walmart. That was it. And I remember I would go visiting people. I'd say, well, where do you live? Oh, I live out on, uh, I live on uh, Nice Wonder Road. 
there was never a sign for Nice Wonder Road. Or they'd say, um, oh, well, yeah, it's just right past, it's right past Moon. Well, I sort of knew where Moon, but Moon knows to have, there's no Moon Road sign there, at least at that time. Or, yeah, we live right off Police Academy Road. There's no road that ever said Police Academy Road. You just had to know where the Police Academy was. You know, why don't you say that instead of saying the road somebody lives on, you know? I kept getting mixed up all the time. Well, you know what happened to me? I learned to ask directions because I was tired of getting lost. I was tired of, of wondering if there was a made-up road that I didn't know about. All the townies knew the names, but I didn't know the names. But you know what happened? When I began knowing where I was going, then I started getting lost. As long as I asked for help, I could get where I was going. But when I stopped asking for directions, that's when I started getting lost. We do the same thing in life, don't we? We do the same thing. When I think I know where I'm going, that's where I'm sure to hit a dead end. If I know I no, don't know where I'm going and I ask for help, the good shepherd will always lead me where I need to be. That is the good news. That is what's so good. What this means, we keep anticipating that in our lives. And finally, obey him joyfully. Obey him joyfully. There are two types of people who care for sheep. Those who are paid to do so and those who own the sheep. And we have been bought with a price. And we belong to this one. You ever go to a school program and your kid's up there? And you take pictures, and you, you, you're beaming, because at that moment, you're so proud of them, that they achieved whatever it was. You rejoice with them. Do you understand that when we're bought with the price, that's how, that's how the Lord looks at us? He beams because we become his pride and joy. What's with that? God looks at me. He looks at you, even with all our junk we're working on. Still, all the stuff he sees to the bottom. And he says, you are my pride and joy. I, I doubt there's anybody here tonight not familiar with Psalm 23. There may be someone. I hope it's more than just nostalgia for you. I hope it's meaningful for you. I hope it's more than a psalm read at a parent's funeral or a time of desperation. You may have it in some form of your home decor. But above all things this month, what I want you to wrestle with is, am I familiar with the psalm or do I really know the shepherd? Because that, that's the bottom line. I trust you do. But if you don't, this is a pretty good night to start seeking him. Let's pray. Oh God in heaven, you are so, so wonderful and beautiful and glorious. And we give you praise and thanksgiving for all your good gifts. The greatest of all being Jesus. The only one qualified to lead us. And right now we pause to celebrate him. To be thankful for this one that was willing to be led to the slaughter. To bear our sins so that we may be free and not have to pay the penalty, not have to live under the power of those sins, 
but we can live in the presence of the holy God and celebrate this one who has made your presence in our life so possible, even Jesus. So we thank you, Father, for this juice, and we thank you for this little piece of bread that reminds us of how glorious you are and how needy we are and what you've done to save us. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's our desire for you to grow in your understanding of Christ's love as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. If you have any questions about our church or would like to plan a visit with us, go to plainfieldchristian.com. If you would like to receive our podcast every week, we encourage you to subscribe to the Plainfield Christian Church podcast on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.